0: Welcome to Black People Love Paramore, a podcast to try to help Black people feel seen. Please feel free to donate to the show at the link in the show notes, and please rate us and write us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, five stars only, because we are five-star bitches, where do you if you are watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe, comment, and all of those things. I'm your host, Sequoia. And today joining me to talk about Tame Paula, we have host and creator of There Are No Girls on the Internet podcast, as well as host of Beef podcast, Bridget Todd. Hi, Bridget. I'm
1: so happy to be here. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. Please tell the folks a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, well, I am a podcaster and a creative type. I make a podcast on iHeartRadio called There Are No Girls on the Internet. Um, Similarly, a funny name that is a mouthful, uh, Sequoia, I know that you know what I mean. (laughs) Um, That show was really meant to kind of change the conversation around conversations about technology, social media, the internet. So often we're talking about Uh, white tech billionaires like Elon Musk or uh, Mark Zuckerberg when we're talking about technology. But we know that the people who actually make the internet great are people who look like you and me, right? Black women, queer folks, people of color, LGBTQ folks. And so I wanted to make a tech show that really spotlighted those perspectives. Um, I also make a podcast called Beef, which explores my other favorite interest, which is pettiness and rivalries so we explore the juiciest historical rivalries from history that you might not know about and the way that pettiness and one-upsmanship have really aided innovation in our country
0: oh my god i love that first of all what a fucking orator you are like <laughs> just eloquently laid that out i have trouble telling people what my fucking podcast is about i've been doing it for two years i'm like what do you, what a- do you say when, when asked i'm like it's about um topics and ideas that Black people like, the mainstream media doesn't necessarily associate Black people but that we know that we like. And then I just, like, list off different things, that, different <laughs> topics that we've talked about. And they're like, oh, yeah, I get that. And I'm like, damn, I wish there was a more concise way that I could get here, but I can't. I don't know. What's going on? It,
1: it's like you. the the curse of being, having a show that is, like, complex, right? Yeah. It's not just like, oh, we talk about topics of right. the day. It's like, no, no, no. This, it's a little bit layered. It's nuanced.
0: It's layered and nuanced and the title is confusing to people because they're like, oh, so you have a like Paramore, you know, fan club show. And I'm like, I don't. I don't. That's just the title. So I have to explain it further.
1: I have to tell you recently, um, another podcast that I host called CityCast DC, my co-host for that podcast recently took his daughter to a Paramore concert here in DC. And he was like, I have to ask you, there were so many black people at this concert. And I was like, oh, that is not
0: surprising to me because black people love Paramore. Absolutely that! Oh my god, especially in DC, Chocolate City. Yes. Yeah, you about to get a big black turnout. At <laughs> yeah, a the whole crowd. was
1: like the whole crowd was like it was more black than white, and it, it kind oh, of yeah. melted my heart.
0: I love that. I'm going to my first Paramore show in like two weeks, and I'm very excited about. it. <gasps> Where these. are you going to? Where to the LA show? Oh my god i hope Mm -hmm. they bring you
1: up on stage to do misery business i'm
0: actually (laughs) fucking scared about it bridget like i'm gonna tell you after the call i have like some i'll I'll tell you some news but i'm actually terrified that that might happen oh my god and i'm like no please please no 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 Haley, no i can't yes Haley, yes (laughs) (laughs) i will now if you pull me up i will i'll put on this red wig and we'll be up there oh my god you're gonna go on tour with them (laughs) right me yes take me in the backpack please i will go Anyways, thank you so much for coming on, Bridget. So before we get into talking about Tim and Paula, we have In My Defense. In My Defense is our segment where we bring one of our unpopular opinions and defend it for you all. I actually have one this week. I often do not because I'm tired of talking to y'all about um, things that are a little controversial because I can get real left with that. So I actually have one this week that's not that crazy. Bridget, do you have one?
1: I do have one. Um, it kind of, it, I had one and then I switched it up after looking at what was going on today, yesterday on social media. And I, I was watching the whole Kiki Palmer's, the father of her child no. publicly drag her for the way that she was dressed. I just think this, we know way too much about celebrities, personal lives. Like Very I love Kiki Palmer. I think she's fantastic. A national treasure. I don't want to know that she is entertaining a bum I don't want to know this bum's opinions. We know way too much. We have way too much access. I also don't like that like now it's discourse where people are like, well, see, I am using this to glean this take about my own personal life. And I'm like, well, Kiki Palmer is a celebrity. Like your life and her life are probably very different. The whole thing, I was just like, I just want to love Kiki Palmer and put her on a pedestal. I don't want to have to know the opinions and musings of her, the father of her child.
0: I don't need to know. Oh wow! Okay, I definitely feel you on that. We wait. We know way too fucking much. Why are you bringing me into it? I <laughs> right. know that you have her phone number. I know that you do. This is not something that I needed to know at all. Be fucking for real right now. Presumably, they live in the same house. So if you have, if you
1: have these thoughts, you could just like go to the room that she's in and tell her that. Like, why are we getting involved? Why do I know are this are information?
0: Involved? Like, it's one thing to have the thought. Okay, that's 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 bad enough to me. You know, it's like sure. It's another thing. To tell Kiki, okay, we're creeping into... Don't love it, but fine. You know, don't love it. We're creeping into don't love that, but okay. You went on the internet and and brought us into it. Are you being for real right now? For real? It's too much.
1: And it really just made me think about how we, non-celebrities, just regular people, it's very easy to see somebody on TV and be like, oh, well their dating life i'm gonna i'm gonna take xyz away from what they're doing and it's like we probably have very different lives you probably right. there's probably a not not a lot of overlap there if you really think about it
0: very minimal if any very minimal overlap there if you really think about it okay i'm glad you brought that up that was a really good one certainly we know too much about celebrity lives overall we can keep some of that for yourself please be a little bit more private thank you we appreciate it mine this week also topical i finished the idol. Did you watch The Idol?
1: I tried and I yeah. couldn't make it through the first episode. That's Wait, did you, you finish the whole thing? Was
0: slow. I did. I finished the whole thing. The first episode was slow. The second episode was also slow. I feel like it picked up around episode three. Um, and I, you know, I just knew it was going somewhere at episode three. I was like, ooh, okay we're here, like, this is getting, like, actually kind of good, all the internet hate wasn't that good, blah, 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 blah. I'm doing all this because I like The weekend. Oh.
1: That's an unpopular opinion <laughs> it of is. its own. I,
0: I do. I do like <laughs> Abel. Do Able like black women? Unclear. But Question mark. I like Abel's music. I finished it and it was ass. It ended up being ass. At the end of the day, it ended up being ass. I'm not sure why the weekend would fuck up his mystique by playing this Tedros character and making us all think of him you know and but sure sure it wasn't good that said i will be bumping the song from it Ooh. i'm a freak and my little honda civic till you know further notice though so.
1: So I'm very, I, even though for a show that I did not watch more than 20 minutes of, I am very read in on the show. You would think I was obsessed with it. So mm-hmm. I've heard that the song is very good. So um, good. I've also heard that you can give me some insight into this. This, the, the sexual dialogue is like the most cringy stuff you will ever hear. Like I saw Wildly a quote so. of the weekend saying something or other and I was like, wow, that is what a middle schooler would say. <laughs>
0: cringy gagging <laughs> like <laughs> real bad yes it was real bad
1: what do you think happened here like how do you think the weekend wound up in this defending it making it kind of a, a part of his identity for a while like what do you think happened here
0: I think The Weeknd Strong armed his way into this CBH. I think he was an executive producer in the same way. And this is my theory. I don't actually know this. I think he was an executive producer in the same way that Drake was an executive producer on Euphoria. Mm. And you see, Drake decided to just give the money like many executive producers do, especially ones with celebrity names, give the money, hands off, move back. And that's it. I think The Weeknd was like, I could do that or I could star in it. Why he made that choice? unclear why the writing was so bad I have thoughts on that too I think Sam Levinson is the white Tyler Perry and I say (laughs) that because I think Tyler Perry doesn't have writer's rooms notoriously doesn't have writer's rooms he writes every script alone by himself and that's why they're like that Sam Levinson is the same way no writer's rooms write scripts alone by himself teleplay And it shows. All of that is so visible. Just because you have more budget than a Tyler Perry budget does not mean that you're making better content than a Tyler Perry. You're not. So that's my theory as to why the writing was so bad and why April was in it.
1: I think you're right. Did did you see the other, the Sam Levison project, Malcolm and Marie on Netflix?
0: Yes. I mean, the
1: dialogue is not good. Like, there's no shame in being like, oh, how did this creative work come to be in the world? A room full of talented and diverse writers who know what they're doing, and me. There's no shame in that. What, like, There's no shame. What like the the need to be like, oh, I do this all on
0: my own. I I just don't get it. When you're making products that are embarrassing, like like I 100 percent agree, absolutely. What what's the reason? Is it cheaper? I know it is cheaper, so that must be the maybe that's the reason. I think it's probably cheaper, and I think there is something else, like a cultural
1: mythos around. Being the singular person who made the thing. Like, this, is, this is my vision and my vision alone. I right. think we've gotten into this weird thing where people feel like it's a little bit shameful to depend on a room full of writers who are polishing and tweaking and editing. But that's how good things come out into
0: the world is through the talent and labor of a lot of people. Absolutely. And like, and that's true of a lot of different mediums, some of which that are not even creative. A lot of people are involved with a lot of things all the time. Like lawyers have teams. Whenever you sign in with a lawyer, you're also signing up with the clerk and whatever the hell else that they reference. There are teams all the time. What is the big deal? Anyways, I've had enough Um, (laughs) of Sam Levinson and his content overall. Am I going to watch the next season of Euphoria? Yes. Am I going to talk shit about it on the internet? Yes. And, yeah, that'll be that on He She
1: has such a grip on me. Like, I think that for some of the stuff that went down in Malcolm and Marie and uh, the second season of Euphoria, like, he needs to be in jail. Will I watch every episode? Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, I will. 100%. Malcolm and Marie's dialogue, like you were saying, egregious. It felt so exhausting to get through that movie. And I'm sure that was on purpose to some degree. But, like, not in a fun way. Not in a, no. like oh, this is art. Like, I understand what you were doing here. Like, this is one really long argument and, like, we're tired, too. I just didn't want to watch it. I want to turn it off. And I don't think that was your intention when making a film.
1: Yeah, and it's like these things, they have to feel fun. It can't just feel like a torture session where I am, like, I'm watching this character be tortured and me, the audience, I'm also being tortured. That's not fun. No. We're
0: going to move on. (laughs) It's a song of the week. Because I could talk about this shit all day. And I really do want to hear your thoughts on Tame Impala. Because... As I said before we started recording, y'all, I don't listen to Tame Impala at all. So I will be learning from this episode. And I did listen a little bit before this. And I can see how people, especially Black people, like it. But I'm happy to hear from you. Song of the Week this week. I have one. Bridget, I would like to hear yours.
1: Oh, well, mine is a great transition because it's. I had to pick a Tame Impala song. My favorite one. The less I know, the better. It was the first Tame Impala song I ever heard. The first Tame Impala song I ever, like... Really, really fucked with heavily. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great song. A great groove. It's nice and long. So if you like a um, like a longer song, it's for you. It has lots of crescendos. Gotta go with that one.
0: Okay. I like that. When I'm listening to Tame and Paula, just in preparation for this podcast, I feel like he kind of puts me in the mindset of a James Blake. Yes. And like, yeah, this is like, I understand. Black people also love James Blake. We sure and do. Like, i totally get it i'm gonna quickly say my song because it's a little bit more off topic and i want to get back to the topic i chose on my mama by victoria monet this week because it has been everywhere and it's a fantastic song song of the summer listen to it if you have not done so moving on to tame impala I'm just going to explain who Tame Impala is for folks who might not know. Tame Impala is a psychedelic music project of Australian multi-instrumentalist Kevin Parker. In the recording studio, Parker writes, records, performs, and produces all of the project's music. As a touring act, Tame Impala consists of Parker, Dominic Semper, Jay Watson, Cam Avery, and Julian Barbagallo. So... When I was researching for this episode, I was like, oh, okay, Tame Impala is one singular human being. And then when I read the Wikipedia thing, I'm like, okay, but when you're seeing Tame Impala on tour, do you say you're going to see him? Or do you say you're going to see them?
1: So this is a, a widely discussed topic. Tame Impala is so that that musician where it's like, Oh, I'm going to see Tame Impala. I love them, and people will be like, "Well, actually, yeah. it's one guy." Yeah. But when you see Tame Impala live, it's not just one guy. So right. it's a little bit of a little bit of a dispute there. But people will—I have definitely referred to Tame Impala as a collective group—and had people correct me. So oh if you're talking about Tame Impala later at a cocktail party, just just be aware of that information.
0: Okay, okay, I'll be sure to make sure that I am like. Very buttoned <laughs> up with my <laughs> and Paula pronoun usage. It is one singular person. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. I'm going to pull up this little article that I found from Complex written by writer Xavier Hamilton. He did a piece about Childish Gambino's 2019 performance in Perth, Australia. I'm going to read a little bit of it here. According to local publication, Power Rats, Gambino took a break from his performance in Perth to remind the audience that Tame Impala is really good. Do y'all fuck with Tame Impala? I fuck with Tame Impala, Gambino asked the crowd. Black people really fuck with Tame Impala. Y'all should be proud of him. As a Black person, Gambino's statement is an accurate assessment. Kevin Parker's psych rock project probably falls in between Steve Irwin and Wolverine as the Australian cultural exports that catch our attention. Like most things, this affinity has spilled over onto social media, with people reminding everyone that their love for Tame Impala goes way back. And then he lists like a couple tweets that I found funny. So I'm going to read the two that I found really funny. This tweet from user Ronde from 310 says me and my niggas will pull up slapping tame impala and hop out daring a nigga to test us that's just how we are and then one from user quaalude interesting name <laughs> says don't let my music taste confuse you i still be robbing niggas on normandy then i hop back in the whip and blast tame impala i was entertained i love the spectacle I love the Blackness spectacle and pretty much saying Tame Impala is not white music. It is for us. It is is, what, us. is what I'm taking from those. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Twitter, if you if you search Tame Impala Black people, you will get some you know great tweets. Yep. Um, and it's funny that um, Childish Gambino was talking about this because I remember way back when before Atlanta ever came out, the first tra- or teaser that I ever saw of Atlanta uses a Tame Impala song. It uses um, new person, same old mistakes. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking like, Wow, I had no idea what Atlanta was. I barely knew who Childish Gambino was, but the fact that he was coming out onto the city, onto the scene with a Tame Impala soundtrack really says a lot about his affinity for Tame Impala.
0: It really does, and he taking the time out of his Australian shows to let people know about his affinity for Tame Impala. So it's really real out here. But Bridget, I want to hear about what Tame Impala does for you personally. What oh. about Tame Impala? That's a good question.
1: You know, I I have been a lifelong appreciator of white people music. I, I, <laughs> I just have to be honest about it. <laughs> goes, it goes back a ways.
0: Sure but does.
1: oftentimes, I feel like that music is me appreciating something that feels very different, right? I'm like, oh, this is not, you know, this is something that is unusual or atypical. With Tame Impala, it sounds like he made it for us, right? It's not me having to... I guess how can I put this? There's there's a there's a funkiness to it. There's a rhythm to it. There's yes. a there's a sound and a groove to it that I feel like is unmistakably from the black musical and cultural tradition. Yes. And there's something you know, it being kind of like psychedelic rock inspired. So much of that was black people. Like I really I really feel like Tame Impala's music speaks to the black musical tradition of you know long ass funky grooves you know if you listen to Stevie Wonder all of his songs were so long right like Mom. so so much of the music that comes from us is about these long grooves and I feel like Tame Impala I think if you asked him he would be like oh yeah my big inspiration comes from black music funk soul psychedelic um and so I just I, I really see it as an interesting love letter slash interpolation of musical styles that that originated with black folks and i i hear it and i love it
0: i definitely feel that when i was listening in preparation i was like oh yeah this is this this is some black shit like yeah this is definitely influenced by and funny enough when i went and listened when i went and looked for his influences he did not mention any black people and i'm wondering if like wikipedia just didn't you know i'm I'm sure he's mentioned it at some point he's He has had to. Listening to the music, I'm like, there's literally no way. He mentioned Kylie Minogue and Britney Spears, which kind of shocked me. Like, I'm like, bubblegum pop? Okay. Well, so, I mean, that, to me, like,
1: so much of good pop music is us. And so Britney Spears might be the person, you know, the name out front. But, like, when you look at, like, who produced it? Is it Pharrell? Is it Timberland? So, like... I, I think that that can really go back to this is this is like um if you've ever seen My Big Fat Greek Wedding where the dad is like give me any word and I can tell you how it's Greek give me any mm-hmm. style of culture and I can tell you how it's black
0: <laughs> very much that oh my god that is so accurate one hundred percent because even Britney is Janet Jackson exactly a little, you know a that little was, different but Janet Jackson that too
1: Britney Spears herself names as her biggest influence both as her, and, as a musical as a musician and dancer.
0: It is so clear. It is incredibly clear. When I'm watching Britney, I'm like, is this is this Jenny? Like, uh, I don't know. This is crazy. I definitely see that. Makes sense. What was the first song that you heard? You said that earlier, but... The Less
1: I Know the Better. It was the, the less first know, the Tame Impala song I ever heard. And I remember this is going to be... It's going to sound how it sounds, so whatever. Um, it was on the soundtrack of this failed... I wouldn't say failed, but a not popular AMC show. I can't remember the name of the show, but it was about like the early computer and I remember it came on right after Mad Men and I was like deep into Mad Men hype and so <laughs> after Mad Men I would be like what is this song like what is this like show they're trying to get me to watch that I didn't watch and I I, I old school shazamed the song and I was like oh at the time I was calling it Tame Impala because I had never heard the <laughs> that's name fair. that's uh, fair but yeah that was the first name Impala song I ever heard and you I truly truly thought that it was going to be like a psychedelic band from the 70s. I I right. could not have I you I was so shocked to find out that it was a contemporary
0: musician. Like one man contemporary artist. 100% cuz when I listen I definitely get that. I'm like, wow, what a blast from the past. It has great vibes. It's groovy, like you said, good rhythm to it. I like it a lot. Is that the song that solidified your fandom or was that a, another one that kind of like really snatched you in?
1: That was the song that first made me fall in love with Tame Impala. The song that made me see that Tame Impala is not just, you know, a psychedelic music act that is, speaks to my little music nerd soul, but is also really, like, um, could be popular, could be accessible, was Elephant, which, if you if you know one Tame Impala song, you probably know that song. It has a really, okay. like, recognizable guitar riff. It's in commercials a lot, and so, you know, I, I have a thing where... I love music. I love music that is niche and not accessible. But when someone can do both, they can be, you know, psychedelic, seven minute long groove and also a song in a Subaru commercial. I feel like that is really like talent. Um, and so that was the that was the first song that I was like, oh, Tame Impala is like contains multitudes. <laughs> they can,
0: he, can, he, can, he can do it all. That is super impressive. That is such a good point to be able to go from commercial to a more indie, a more indie sound that people quote unquote respect because people don't respect commercial sound for some reason. It is a talent and it's hard to maintain the respect of both segments too. People who like commercial music generally are like, oh, the indie is like, mm." and then folks who like the indie sound a little bit more are kind of like, Mm, why does it sound so poppy and commercial? But Tame Impala really does do a good blend,
1: and there's not a lot of musicians who can straddle that line. I think I think mm-hmm. it's a really delicate balance. And yeah, I'm I'm a as much as I like weirdo inaccessible music. I'm also a pop girly at heart. I just Same. I I think it's really difficult to make a accessible good pop piece of music. And I think somebody who can do both that's talent.
0: I definitely agree with that. That is such a good point. Okay. You can only keep one from the three projects: Interspeak, Lonerism, Currents. Which one are you keeping?
1: Currents. No question in Easy. my mind. Okay. I could, if, if we were, I'm recording up in my recording booth. But if I was in, down in my apartment, I would have run and grabbed the vinyl that I have of it because it's like one of my prized possessions. That is like wall to wall bangers. That is a, a record you can put on from beginning to end. All of Tame, I fuck with all of Tame and records, but that is the one that is like wall-to-wall bangers. There was not a bad track on that album.
0: I love that. And of the three that I just listed, that's the most recent one, right?
1: So the most recent one came out in 2020, Slow Rush, but it came Mm -hmm. out right as the pandemic was starting. And so it kind of gets a little bit, like, lost in the mix. Um, Mm -hmm. Fun fact about that. So when the the pandemic started, Tame Impala did this appearance on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And it was right, like, it might have been, like, March of 2020. Like, it was right when the pandemic was, like, heating up and people weren't doing live performances. And so I cannot recommend looking this up on YouTube enough. It's Tame Impala, but he has got the screen split in thirds. And so it's three versions of himself, one on guitar, one on vocals, one on drums. And it's just, like, him performing with himself. And this was at a a time when we didn't know what live performances were going to be like. We didn't know what late-night TV shows Mm -hmm. were being taped in their living rooms and stuff like we didn't know. And it really, for me, was a real culture shift, a vibe shift of like, oh, people are going to, as bad as it is to be quarantining and stuck at home, people are going to find creative ways to still entertain and make music and create art, despite the fact that this time is so weird.
0: And they do. And he did. That is actually very impressive. The three split, first of all, being a multi-instrumentalist in the first place is thoroughly impressive. Being able to do it and put it all together in a way that resonates with other people, I feel like is even less heard of, particularly because he's doing all of the things in the studio. He he doesn't have help in the studio. He's doing it by himself. Oh, my God. We were literally just talking about how people need to get help. Unless you're tame and <laughs>
1: Unless you're tame You're involved. good. Unless you're Tame Impala in the studio. And after that performance, I remember hearing a rumor that's like, oh, people always say that Tame Impala is one guy. But did you know it's actually a set of triplets?
0: (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. Have you seen this performance? So don't tell me that it's just him again. When I say they, it's right. I like it. That's good. Good internet fodder for sure. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
1: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
0: (laughs)
1: Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast—secretly, incredibly fascinating. Find us by searching for the word
0: "secretly" in your podcast app,
1: and at maximumfun.org.
0: What do you feel like is the most overrated Tame Impala song, or do you Ooh, feel like there is
1: one? A- that's a good question. Uh, I don't think that there is an overrated Tame Impala song. Probably the song that if you aren't super familiar with Tame Paula that you probably know is because Rihanna, I won't say covered it, but like did a version of it called Same yeah. Old Mistakes. And so yeah. New Person, Same Old Mistakes was probably my one of my favorite Tame Paula songs. I love the Rihanna version of it as well. But mm-hmm. I feel like... That is probably the song that people who are not super familiar with Tame Impala know. And I want that to be the tip of the Tame Impala iceberg. There's so much more to discover. You're about to get high and have a really great Saturday listening to a bunch of albums.
0: (laughs) Oh, it sounds like a dream. Oh, my God. I was just high on a plane, like, coming back from Costa Rica for my mom's birthday. And... I had headphones on, I was listening to music and I was like, oh my God, some songs that I really like sounded really bad when I was high and some songs sounded really good when I was high that I didn't really pay much attention to. I'm going to have to do that same thing with Tame Impala because I'm thinking about the Rihanna song because I do know that Rihanna song. And I can only imagine what that sounds like if I get high on a Saturday, sit with my headphones on and listen to it, and I want to dive deeper. I want to go into Uh, the Tame Impala rabbit hole.
1: My favorite way to spend any afternoon high with headphones on, listening to music. (sighs) And there's specific music that really hits differently on a plane or a train, so... Yes.
0: You are so right. Absolutely. Okay. What about an underrated Tame Impala song that you wish everyone knew about?
1: Ooh this is a good one, eventually. And I think I I love that song because the entire song is about the experience of bumping into an ex like at a dry cleaner. And so I think we've all had that moment of like, is that my ex? We had a bad breakup. Are they still thinking about me? Are they dating somebody else? But turning that one like three second moment in time into like a six minute long song, um, I think is really artful, but also really, you know, relatable because like haven't we all been there haven't we all seen our ex across the, across a parking lot and thought like oh my god what do i do and you're frozen in that moment he takes that one moment and builds an entire world out of it
0: oh my god and i like what you said about it being really relatable because being impressive and relatable at the same time is also a very difficult world to live in so it is impressive that he strikes that balance exactly on, and, I, and i think
1: like Yeah, it's it's sort of you really nailed it. It's it's this dichotomy of impressive but relatable, right? Like those two things don't usually go together. But somebody who can be like, oh, I'm gonna make a very impressive thing out of something that you've also experienced. I it gets me every time.
0: Right. No, I definitely love that. I need more of that in my life, Tbh. Have you ever seen him live or them live?
1: The answer is no. And the sad part is, I have bought tickets twice in my life. The first. I had a work thing on that same day and I couldn't go. The second I got COVID. So oh. I've been, I have been trying to see Tame Impala Paula live for years. <laughs> it's just not, it's just, it's not in the cards. Um, Damn. I feel like I would die of happiness. I mean, I do people, I haven't gone to a concert in so long. Do people still dance at concerts? <laughs>
0: I haven't gone to a concert in so long. I think depending on the the genre of the show, it seems to me that people would dance at a Tame Impala show. It seems very vibey. Like people might be on a little bit of drugs and might just let go of their inhibitions and dance a little bit. So I'd imagine people would dance at a Tame Impala
1: show. My God. Dancing to Tame Impala at a Tame Impala live show is like a goal of mine. I was once at a nightclub... Where they played a Tame Impala song, and it was literally just me on the dance floor losing my mind. Everybody else was like, "What is happening? What, what? Like, she's really into this song. Like, what's going on?" But I would, yeah, I would die of happiness.
0: Oh my god, Mr. Tame, if you are listening to this, go ahead and make sure that you get Bridget tickets because this is a real fan. Okay. Speaking of, almost a year ago today, you tweeted at me saying you should do a Tame Impala episode. Of your podcast. That's it That's right. It's so weird. It was July 8th, 2022. And today is July 6th, 2023. It's so weird that like almost to the day oh we're doing it and I'm doing it with you. I completely forgot about that.
1: But when, when I first heard your podcast and the way that I first heard it was when you were being like review bombed by... Assholes, right? And so I was yes. like, I was like, let me go through the entire back catalog to, to 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 see if there's a Tame Impala episode, and I was like, she has to do this podcast. Like, uh, it, it is, it is. I mean, it truly is like making my dream come true, being able to talk about my favorite musician with you on this podcast.
0: That is very cool. It is just so serendipitous. Just The timing of it all, all of it is very cool. You not having seen Tame Impala is very much like me not having seen Paramore. I'm going to see them in two weeks, but only because I went to a Spotify event and one of the uh, like for podcasters and artists in like the black rock space and one of the folks that works there shout out to Chissy love 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 Chissy so much was like oh you've seen paramore live right and i was like i haven't and she was like bet we're going to change that oh my and God. was able to get me tickets I'm like so really excited manager, for got you. tickets like so grateful thank you so much chissy so i'm very excited to see much like you i had bought paramore tickets before and they had to cancel their show because of covid this was recent too this was within the last year they had to cancel that show because of covid and they rescheduled for a day that i was going to be out of town in dc funny enough so i couldn't go my
1: favorite so i'm I'm very excited for you my favorite paramour happening of the last five years was when do you remember that that time where like people were like. It, it, we're not changing the names of their stuff and being like we're not going to do this anymore because it's sexist. First, they first was like we're not going to perform Misery Business anymore because it's maybe it's a little bit sexist. And then they were like now nah, we're bringing it back because right. a bop is a bop. Like a come bop on, like we're not going like, to not, you know not do shit? Misery right. Business. You know
0: what shit we listen to that we're like <laughs> if we really listen to these lyrics too hard we can't really get into it. But no, we're here with it. Everybody, I think they get, got it back on the roster because everybody was like, like excuse me, right? You're. <laughs> You think you going to get rid of misery business? No, babe. Bring that shit back. Mm-mm, run it back.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for you going
0: to the show. I'm so excited. And I feel like they are now bringing people on stage to sing it because Haley's like, I don't really want to sing these lyrics like that. So like, you come up and but you sing it.
1: When they bring the people up, they know every, not just
0: every word, every intonation. hundred percent. Right? Like they, they have been singing this in their car for the last 10 years. Yes, No, literally. And if I end up on stage somehow, some way, singing Misery Business, I will also know every intonation, breath, 100%. I'm going to have it. I'm going to be nervous, but I'm going to do it. So if y'all see me doing Misery Business somewhere, please like and engage with it. Don't let me flop.
1: I can feel it. It's going to happen. And it's about to be like a moment. I can can just tell. (laughs) I can just feel it.
0: That would be great. Okay, so as we know, Black people do love Tame Impala. But I pulled up some lyrics, straight from Genius, of times when rappers in particular have referenced Tame Impala because it's been a few times. One of which is from Kanye West. I did not actually pull that one up because that was enough. <laughs> Just know that Kanye has mentioned Tame okay. Impala. All right, okay. And then there's one from Tyler the Crater. His song is called Party Isn't Over, Campire, Beamer three titles in one and the lyric is pop some tame impala your man got a lame impala (laughs) and when i looked at what the lyrics meant the the little genius you know decoder was like tyler the creator has repeatedly said tame impala is one of his favorite bands and tame impala has repeatedly said tyler the creator is one of their favorite artists too and that they just haven't collabed yet but that they love each other's music and i thought that was so cute i could I, i so i would Love to see that collab, Same. and I can Same. sort of
1: see it. They have similar, similar vibes. Now I, I've never thought about it before, but it makes a lot of sense.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that they love each other and that they're vocal about it, and that Tyler names Justin Minzoli. I love that so much. And then another one is Baby Keem. This one surprised me a little bit more. Like Tyler seems like like you know, obviously I don't want to profile Baby Keem, but I was more shocked by this one here. He says it's on his song "Gorgeous." He says Tame Paula niggas in the cut smoking pot that's it <laughs> that's <laughs> that, all you need that, to know <laughs> that that was the lyrics that you know tame Paula niggas in the cut smoking pot and something about that was funny to me because i feel like white people are the only ones that call weed pot correct and so t- to me it felt like he was kind of saying like oh tame Paula niggas white people are in the oh! cut smoking pot, you know? is how I took it.
1: That that's really clever. That's like a like a reference within a reference.
0: You know, right? Like if you if you look at it long enough, you get it, but I, you know, if I didn't look at the lyrics, I wouldn't know what the hell was going on. But yeah, black people do love Tame Impala as seen by these rap lyrics here. Do you have any theories as to why you think black people in particular feel an affinity for Tame Impala? Ooh,
1: I think we're just getting something that we like a style of music that is us given back to us in a little bit different of a way. I think it's so hard to to hear these songs and not hear, you know, Funkadelic or, you know, so, so many other kind of like psych rock funk musicians. And so I think that just something about it speaks to us Um, Mm -hmm. in a, in, in like a, Guttural way. And so mm-hmm. even if Tame Pala himself is not like, oh, well, my influence is our XYZ black group. We don't need I don't need him to say that. It's obvious mm-hmm. to me. I don't mm-hmm. think that if, if if we were interviewing him, I don't think that he would be like, no, I've never listened to a black artist. <laughs> like, of
0: course not. Right? He's yeah. like, black people. He would never <laughs> he would never definitely feel that.
1: And I think there's just a just a, a funk to it. I think like there's a danceability. We don't They're like I think we are living in a time where a lot of rock music isn't as funky as it could be, as it used to be. And so I think it's a, yeah. a callback to when, the, in the 70s, when rock music also was dance music. And there was m- much more fusion happening there.
0: 100%. One of the influences that he did mention by name were the Bee Gees. Mm. And I feel like the Bee Gees also had, like, a pretty, funky, Black-heavy black, black heavy influence to them. Totally. So I'm like, even if he isn't directly saying Black artists, like you said earlier, he is absolutely pulling from Black influences all around. in all of the artists that he named, like a Britney or a Kylie Minogue or anybody else. Speaking of, is Kylie Minogue Australian as well? She is Australian. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he seems to like, most of his influences were Australian also. So I think that that's just like what was immediately around him was Australian music. Also... Tame Impala has so many awards in Australia. Usually, when I go look at an artist's Wikipedia page, it'll list their awards right on their general Wikipedia page. It had a link to another Wikipedia page <laughs> to list all of Tame Impala's <laughs> awards because they had once he had won so many fucking awards in Australia. I was like, "Damn,
1: yeah." Wait, this is might be a stupid question. Do they have? I feel embarrassed to even ask. Do they have like? The Academy Awards in Australia or like the like, you know, billboard, Australia billboard awards. They have their
0: own separate awards. They do. Oh, they do have their own separate awards. Yeah. I think they also, Tam and Paula is repped in the UK and also in the US. They have representation in the UK and in the US. I don't know if they have representation in Australia, but I'm sure that they've also been nominated for in some American awards somewhere somewhere. I just didn't look at the list that hard. All I saw was a shit ton of Australian awards. And I was like, damn, he has to have his own separate page, its own separate page, 83 awards. They've been nominated for 83 awards and they have won 39 or he has won 39. So
1: that's so many awards. Good for him. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I love seeing what I consider to be like very good music celebrated. And I'm, I'm happy that his music has been so successful, not just with us, but with everybody.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Chart topping singles, like number one singles in Australia. So good for Tame. While good what for seems Tame. indie to us or underground to us is very much not in Australia. Like the one of the biggest musicians in Australia out. So good for Tame. That's all that I had though. Do you have anything else that you wanted to tell us about Tame that um, I miss as a resident fan?
1: The only other thing that I would like to mention about Tame and Paula is that uh, they had a Black Lives Matter protest in perth australia and he went which i thought was very cool i've been to australia i didn't go to perth but i've been to melbourne and sydney and there are not a ton of black people there there were some uh but there weren't a ton and so the fact that they Mm -hmm. had a black lives matter protest i liked that the fact that he Mm -hmm. came i liked that even more so Mm -hmm. i just wanted to add that
0: (laughs) doesn't it feel so good when the artist that you like further gives you reason to stand them
1: yes I'm it really honest. goes back to what I was saying earlier about my unpopular opinion. I'm sure he has t- bad takes. I don't want to hear about it. Like, just, we just don't want to know. Let me in on the things that make me like you more and keep me out of the things that make me like you less. <laughs>
0: I I absolutely feel that. That reminds me a little bit on a tangent of Penn Badgley, Mm. who is an activist, but like very quietly so. And he kind of refuses to be spotlit as an activist. He's like, "Mm, I'm just gonna quietly go ahead and show up to these protests and I'm going to quietly donate a shit ton of money to these causes. And I don't want you to write me up about it. If you ask me if you could write me up about it, I'm going to say no. And I'm like, that is so impressive. Like, wow. I love that. And I love that Tame just showed up to the protest, Black Lives Matter, and Australia Popped out, showed up, had a good little time.
1: I love that Penn is so humble about his protesting. Also mm-hmm. a fellow podcaster. He has a good podcast. Um, Fun fact about him, just the other week, I, a friend of mine, we were going to like have dinner, and I was trying to screen. I was trying to screenshot the name and the address of the restaurant and send it to her. And I accidentally screenshotted my last saved photo, which was a picture of Pen ba- Pen in like short shorts. <laughs> and she was like, "Why did you send me this picture of Pen Bagley in short shorts?" And I was like, "Oh, sorry, that was from my private collection." <laughs> what do you mean why? Why not? It. Right? Like I'm
0: confused. <laughs> you didn't want the photo? Like, are you saying that you didn't like it? What's confusing you? I don't get it.
1: Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I I love a humble, quiet activist who doesn't want the spotlight on them. Nothing's worse than somebody was like, "Did you all see? I was at this protest. Did you all see? I did this thing. Did you see? Did you get it?" Should okay, you write it up?
0: Kim Kardashian. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we definitely see. We see. I definitely feel that. Also, I just thought of another question. Are there any specific music videos that you like from Tame Impala? Oh, definitely. If there's if there's
1: one music video people should see, I guess live performance. It's that one from the Colbert Show. It is the coolest thing. Um complete vibe shift. Definitely 10 out of 10. I cannot recommend people watch it enough. It is so cool.
0: And that's the one where he split into three playing He's, the different instruments. Exactly. And like giving a whole performance putting everybody else's covid performances to shame.
1: Exactly. Yeah, cuz okay. there was a, like, at that time it was like not I mean, it was covid and things were how they were. Not to judge anybody, but like yeah, it was like, "Oh, I can actually bring a little bit of at-home production value to what I got going on here." It was a it was a right. covid vibe shift
0: Uh uh-huh that's super cool I'm definitely gonna watch that you I feel like talking to you about Tampa, Paula. just your excitement about Tampa Paula really makes me want to dive in more sometimes you know people are a little bit more lax about it I'm a very passionate person so I don't understand being lax about something that I really like so I feel like you had the good vibe I'm definitely going to listen I appreciate it thank you so much for coming on this show Bridget it was a pleasure having you
1: Oh, the pleasure it was all mine. This has been, if I can't go see Tame Paula live, being on this podcast talking about it is a close second.
0: I love that. Oh my God, that means so much to me. Wow. But we need to get you to go see Tame Paula live. <laughs> Please tell the folks where they can find you on the internet, any projects you have coming up that you want to talk about.
1: You can listen to my podcast every Tuesday and Friday on iHeartRadio. You can get it wherever I mean, you're listening to a podcast now. You know how to find it. It's called There Are No Girls on the Internet. You can listen to my side project uh, with Next Chapter podcasts called Beef, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram at BridgetMarie in DC or on Twitter at BridgetMarie or on TikTok at BridgetMakesPods. And I would love to connect with you there.
0: Sounds great. And per usual, you can find me at BPLP pod across all social media platforms. You can email me at blackpeopleloveparamoregmail.com with episode topic recommendations, hate mail, feedback, or anything else. That's it. Great. Talk and to I y'all later. Can't wait Bye. to see you on
1: stage at oh, Paramore. Please.
0: Please. <laughs> don't wish it upon me, but wish it upon me. But don't wish it upon me. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, y'all.